Isaiah chapter 40, I would like to begin reading in verse 27, in part B of that verse. The Bible said, My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I want to preach and teach tonight for just a little while, on God has assured us the victory. God has assured us victory tonight. Due to the Jews' oppressive enemies, as well as their hardships and their suffering, they were complaining and accusing God of forgetting about them. When you read this first part in verse 27, this is the children of Israel as they're going through probably a, a moan-groan session. They're going through a pity party. They're going through a time that they're saying, we're going through all these struggles. We're going through all these battles. And we're going, we've got all these hardships that have hit our life and all of these unexpected things. But yet God has forgot about us. And God's not helped us. And God's not come through. And He's not changed anything for you see due in verse 27 he said my way is hid from the Lord and the just or my help do me escapes the notice of my God they felt as though God was way off in the far distance away from them that he was unconcerned about their welfare and else he was unaware of their hardships or he didn't know what was going on but the Lord knew and his heart reached out in compassion uh, for the people as he began to stir the heart of Isaiah when Isaiah began to write and pen these familiar scriptures uh, God moved upon his heart God wanted the children of Israel to know that I do know what's going on in your life. I have seen your oppression. I have seen your hard times. I know the struggles that you've been through and I'm about to do something about it. And as he began to stir Isaiah's heart to encourage the people, the Lord gave four assurances to his people. And it's those four assurances that I want to focus on tonight for just a few minutes to kind of give our heart an idea of what God was saying to the children of Israel. We find in verse, in, in verse 28, the first assurance, as he said, He is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. Thus he oversees the earth and knows everything that's happening. God knows everything that's going on in the earth. He knows everything that's going on around us, with us, that's affecting us, everything that's close to us, everything that's far away from us. There's nothing that has caught God by surprise. There's nothing that he hasn't, uh, that he's not aware of. There's nothing that he can't handle because he knows 
everything. He knows even when a sparrow falls to the ground. He knows when a hair falls from our head. He knows when a tear runs down our cheek. He knows when our hearts are heavy with burdens. He knows everything that's going on around us because He is the everlasting. He has no beginning and He has no end. He was in the beginning and He will be at the end when everything is over. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1 and 17, he said, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. He said He is eternal, immortal, invisible, and the only one that I can depend on. He's the only God with the power that I need to get me through my struggle and get me through my battle. When you look over in Revelations in chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty God. He said, I am the Alpha. I was in the beginning, and I am the Omega. I'll be at the end. I am the one who is, who was, and who is to come. I was in the past. I'm in the present, and I guarantee you, I'm going to finish it in the future. I'm going to be with you through every situation because I am the Almighty. He's able to oversee and control all the events of things that are happening in our life. And I know when you're going through hardships and you're going through a burden and you're going through a struggle and you're going through things that you never thought you would ever face, you never thought you would ever deal with, you never thought you would ever have to even think about. It wouldn't happen to me. Surely not. It just happens to everybody else. And you never thought anything would turn around in your life the way it has. But yet in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the storm, you find yourself in places you never thought you would find yourself. But I got news for you. It did not catch God by surprise, even though it might have took you by surprise. Even though you wasn't expecting it. Even though you couldn't imagine yourself there. It's God's plan and God's got everything under control. Even though it may not look like it's working out the way you want it to work out. It may look like that it's not taking place or taking a good turn for your advantage. But I got plans. I got news for you. God's still got a plan for your life. God's still got a plan to bring you through. The second assurance that God gave us here in these scriptures is in verse 28. In the last part of that verse where he said, Neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He never faints or becomes weary in overseeing the earth and the people on it. I know we think that we bring God down to our level sometimes because we get frustrated. We get at the end of the rope. We get tired. We get weary. We get to the point that there's nothing left. There's nothing left to give. There's nothing left to pour out. There's nothing left to put out there. And we feel used up. We get to the point in our lives sometimes that we feel like we're walking in dry places where we can't feel the presence or the anointing or the power of God. And the heavens become brass. And it seems like there's no, no prayers getting past the 
ceiling, we get to a point sometimes to where it's even hard to encourage ourselves, but less encourage somebody else because of the things that's constantly bombarding our mind and attacking our heart, trying to continually tear down our faith and tear down our relationship and our confidence in God. But I got news for you. My God never faints. He don't get tired. He don't get weary. He don't run out. He don't deplenish. My God has everything that we need. I love what the psalmist David wrote in Psalms 89 and 13. He said, You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. And high is your right hand. God has the strength that we need. Isaiah wrote again in Isaiah 59 and 1. He said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. We think sometimes that we're out of God's reach. We're out of God's hearing. That God did not hear us when we prayed. God didn't hear our prayer. God didn't hear our request. He didn't hear us when we were crying in the middle of the night, burdened with all the things that's hit our life. But I got news for you. God heard you the first time. God's in control. All we've got to do is trust Him and lean on Him and God's going to bring it through. God being the everlasting is always available to help those who truly trust and obey Him. If we'll lean on Him, God will come through for us. He said in Psalms 54 and 4, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. And then Isaiah 43 and 1 said, Fear not, I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, first of all, I'm glad that God put possession upon us. I'm glad that he claimed us as his. He said, Fear not, I've redeemed you. I've delivered you. I've broke the chains of bondage that the enemy had you bound with. I brought deliverance in your life. I brought overcoming power in your life. I redeemed you. And then he said, I called you by your name. This tells me that when God calls my name, it guarantees me that he knows who I am. If he knows who I am, he knows the burden that I'm carrying. If he knows who I am, he knows the burden in my heart. If he knows who I am, he sees the struggles and the battles and the hardships in my life. If he knows who I am, then he knows what I'm going through. And then he says, you are mine. I believe he was making a declaration to the devil right there saying you've got to take your hands off because this is my possession and they don't belong to you. You can't touch them. You can't harm them. You can't destroy them. You can't tear them down because they're mine. They belong to me and I've got my, my mark on them. I've got my blood covering them. But then he went on to continue to talk about what he was going to do. He said, when they passed through the waters... When I began to read that, I couldn't help but think about Moses and the children of Israel. 
And how that when they exited out of Egypt and Pharaoh told them to go and they went out of the city and they went toward the Red Sea and they looked behind them and here's dust clouds of the armies of Pharaoh coming after them and wanting to bring them back into bondage under subjection, bring them back into slavery and they began to panic. They said, Moses, why did you bring us out here for us to die out here in the wilderness and he cried out to the Lord and God said why are you crying to me stretch forth your hand over the water and see what I'll do and he lifted the rod and he stretched it over the Red Sea and God let a wind come and it blowed through the middle of the sea and the waters parted and they walked across on dry ground now I don't know about you but I've researched it This wasn't just a little gap in the water. You're talking about 2.2 million Jews. You're talking about a mass number of people that walked across in one night and according to all the mathematicians to do that, there would have had to have been a span that God brought his breath and divided the water five miles wide for the children of Israel to walk across 5,000 abreast for them to have got across in one night. Woo! If God can do that, God can part my problem. If God can do that, He can take care of my situation. The children of Israel walked across on dry ground. They got to the other side and God spoke to Moses. He said, now stretch out your rod and see that those that have plagued you, those that have put you in slavery, those that done you wrong, those that come after you to put you back under their bondage, you will see no more. And when he stretched out his hand over the sea, the waters came back together and it destroyed all the armies of the Egyptians that's what God can do that's what God did he said when you pass through the waters I will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overflow you When I thought about the river, I couldn't help but think about Joshua and the children of Israel. Here they are. The the mantle's been passed from Moses to Joshua. And the children of Israel are getting ready to cross over into the promised land. And here they are as God moves. He told them, he said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant and the priest heading toward the river, when you see it happening, guess when you're going to get up and move. And when they saw the priest go toward the river and this is flood stage time you would have thought God would have chose a time when it would have been more convenient you would have thought God would have chose a time when it wouldn't have been as challenging you would have thought God would have chose a time that was more convenient for them but God chose the time that the Jordan River was in flood stage and it's out of its banks in other words it's out of control But it ain't out of God's control. And the Bible said that when the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant stuck their feet in the Jordan River, the waters parted and they walked across the Jordan River on dry ground. 
the children of Israel went across into the promised land on dry ground when it was in the wet season, when it was in the inconvenient time, when the flood was out of the banks, when the river was overflowing and it looked impossible. That's when God showed up and said, let me show you what's possible when you'll trust me and lean on me. And he divided the waters for the Ark of the Covenant to get across to the other side. And through the rivers they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, oh, you can't talk about the fire without talking about the three Hebrew boys. You can't talk about going through the fire without remembering them. Here they are. They're challenged by, by the king, by Nebuchadnezzar. He wants everybody to worship this 90-foot golden image he's created of himself. And these Hebrew boys said, I'm not worshiping that. That ain't my God. It might be huge. It might be solid gold. It may have the face of you on it. But I'm not worshiping that because that ain't my God. He said, well, I'm going to give you one more chance. When the music starts... Everybody's to bow down and worship the golden image. They looked at him and they said, We don't hesitate to answer you in this. Or do we back up? That's not our God. And we refuse to worship him. We will not serve that. We will only serve the God Jehovah who is the real God. And the music started and they didn't bow. And the king got mad. And he had them bound hand and foot. And he had the furnace heated up seven times hotter. And he took them and they opened the door. And the heat from the furnace is so hot that the ones that threw them in were slain because of the heat from the fire. But yet they were thrown in the middle of the fire. But then I'm sure Nebuchadnezzar wanted to stand up and boast and say, Look at what I did. I made an example of those Hebrew boys. But when he looked over the railing and looked in the fire, he didn't hear screams. He didn't smell burning flesh. He didn't even smell singed hair. He looked over the railing and he said, ah! He said, how many did we throw in the fire? His wise men came around and said, yes. Said, didn't we throw three? He said, yes, we threw three men into the fire. He said, well, explain this to me. Why do I see four walking around and the fourth looks like the Son of God? It's because God is not going to forsake you in the hour of testing. God will be with you. God will be right there. All it takes is trusting Him. He gave us the assurance that I will be with you. And when the waters, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they're not going to overflow you. And when you walk through the fire... You will not be burned because I will be with you. The psalmist said in Psalms 55 and 22, he said, Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. And he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. I like the word never. Never eliminates, hope so, maybe so, could be, might be, someday. Never Eliminates all those. Cast your burden on the Lord. He'll sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. 
it's an assurance that God's going to take care of us no matter what we're going through when we cast our burden to Him. The third assurance that we find in these scriptures is in verse 29. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, He increases strength. God promises here to strengthen both the weary and the weak who's still trusting Him. You're trusting Him, so you're still dependent on Him. But even in your trust, you've become weak and you've become weary. And it can be from fighting battle after battle after battle after battle and going through one storm and entering right into another storm and before you get out of that one another storm is on the horizon and you just get to a point that you become weak and you become weary in your experience with God and in your power and in your anointing but he said he promised here to strengthen both the weary and the weak who trust him He said in Isaiah 41 and 10, he said, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The psalmist said in Psalms 28 and 8, The Lord is their strength. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. God is our saving refuge. When you enter into the refuge, into the protection, into the plan of God, there's nothing the enemy can do to come against you. He can't get to you. He can't destroy you. He said in Psalm 73 and 26, My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Oh, we go through times of weakness. We go through times of being weary. We go through times of where we feel like we don't have the faith to pray another prayer, lift up another hand, sing another song, do another praise. We don't have the the strength to go through another storm. But God will never leave you or forsake you in your time of need. God never, ever leaves us nor forsakes us. In our time of need. When we trust him with all of our heart. We are. When we are weak. That's when God comes out strong. When we can't do it. I think sometimes God say, that's where I've been waiting for you to get to because that's the only time you'll give it to me. That's the only time you'll turn it over to me. It's when you're too weak to fight anymore and your fight's gone and your energy's deplenished and your faith is weak and you don't have a choice. And then you get to the point that you say, God, here it is. I can't carry it anymore. And then you give it to me by faith and I step in and I bring deliverance and I bring healing and I bring a morning and I lift you up with victory because you're mine and you belong to me you see Paul wrote in Ephesians 6 and 10 he said finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might there is no power and strength within us other than that which is Christ that is in us he said finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might his might his strength 
You see, his height is unscalable. His depth is uncomprehensible. His strength is immeasurable. His mind is unreachable. His greatness is far surpassing. His glory is all illuminating. His mercy is far exceeding. His power is unlimited. His wisdom is unfathomable. His, his wealth is indescribable. His beauty is all desirable. His love is all encompassing. His victory is eternal. His justice is flawless. His joy is unspeakable. His size is unexpandable. His holiness is untouchable. His presence is inescapable. His face is unseeable. And His mercy is undeniable. God is bigger than anything you're going through. God's bigger than anything you're facing. God's bigger than anything the devil's tried to scare you with. God's bigger the fourth assurance that I want to look at tonight is he will renew the strength of all who wait on the Lord. Now I'll be the first to say this. I don't know if it's a church of God thing or not. I guess it's just because that's what I've been around for 38 years and I just think it's a church of God thing. But there's none of us that our strong point is waiting on God. We don't like to wait. We want everything right now. We want everything on our timetable. We want everything the way we want it. Our scripture text said in verses 30 and 31, Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. No matter what age you are. No matter what walk of life you're in. No matter if you're male or female. The Lord will strengthen you with more energy and more power than you've ever known in your life. If you'll trust Him and wait on Him. God will do the impossible. The word wait in this scripture does not mean to sit around and do nothing. It's not talking about waiting on the Lord. I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to not move till God does something. That's not what he's talking about. But this word wait in this scripture means to hope in the Lord. In other words, praying and trusting the Lord to meet one's needs and keeping pressing on even though you may not be getting there fast, even though you may not be seeing a lot of progress, even though things may not be opening up as quick as you want them to, you're not setting still, you're not dead in the water, you're not giving up, you're not just occupying. I'm still trusting God that God is going to bring me through and God's going to meet my needs. You see, Isaiah 26 and 3 said, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you know that that's right there, that verse? If people could get that verse in their mind, they would already have the devil defeated because this is where his strong point is. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why do you think the devil brings distractions? 
because he wants your mind to be on the distraction and not on him. He wants your mind to be focused on your circumstance, not on the circumstance solver. He wants your mind to look how big that mountain is. Not that this is the one that created it and can speak to it and tell it to get out of your way. He wants your mind to be distracted and get off of the power of God and the anointing of God and who the Creator is and get your mind all caught up with what's going on around you. Then he went on to say in verse 4, Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. The enemy wants you to be distracted. He wants your focus to be somewhere else besides on your deliverer. Because when your mind's on your deliverer, and that's where your focus is, and that's where your faith is pointed, and that's where your prayers are going, and that's what you're, you're focused on, then God can't help but come through with a miracle. Now also, just for a moment, look at the word renew. It means to exchange, such as exchanging old clothes for new clothes. The believer who truly places his hope in the Lord will renew his strength and he will exchange his weakness for the Lord's strength. When you're trusting in the Lord, you're exchanging your weakness, your infallibleness, your failures, your lack of faith, your lack of strength. I'm trading in all of my earthly traits. And I'm giving them to the Lord. And I'm taking on Christ, which gives me His strength. Not mine. Not what I can do. But His strength. We're fighting in His strength. The Apostle Paul tells us. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, he said, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Sometimes we've got to exchange our weakness. We've got to exchange what's going on for us for the presence and the power and the strength of the Lord. I like that old praise song that talked about, I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame." I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm laying all that down. I'm putting all that behind me. I'm putting all that at His feet that the joy of the Lord can take over my life and that can build my faith. That can give me something to rejoice about. 1 Peter 5 and 7 said, Cast all your care upon Him for He cares for you. I've got news for you tonight. God cares about you. The enemy wants you to think that God's forgot you. The enemy wants you to think that God's nowhere around. The enemy wants you to feel like that God's nowhere to be found. That God's hiding. That God's on vacation. That God's not available. But the Lord will build up the believer and empower his spirit to soar above the trials and the temptations that afflict him to soar like an eagle above the earth. When we wait on him, when we trust him, when we exchange our sorrows, when we exchange our pain, when we exchange our discouragement 
for the presence and the power of the Lord. The believer who truly hopes in the Lord will be strengthened so that he can run through the problems. He can run through the hardships. He can run through the trials. He can run through the temptations of life and them have no effect on it. God wants you to walk victoriously, triumphantly, and to not faint. Jesus did not die on the cross for you and I to faint by the wayside. He didn't give His life on the cross for me and you to get halfway in the middle of this thing and say, well, I'm out of strength, I'm out of gas, I'm done, I'm finished, it's over, it's as far as I can go. God didn't do all that for that. He gave His Son on the cross, and Jesus gave His life that you and I might be victoriously, triumphantly, and victoriously over everything that comes in our life. Matthew 6 and 33 said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things, houses, food, clothing, possessions, shall be added unto you. Psalms 40 and 17 said, But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Paul said in Ephesians 3 and 20, he said, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. He said, My God, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, Above all, we can ask or we can think. That's the power that's working in you. According to the power that works in us. I ask you tonight, who's living in us? Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, he said, For God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God wants us to be recharged. He wants us to be powerful. He wants us to be filled with love, and He wants us to have a sound mind. In other words, don't let the enemy get in your head, and don't let him distract you, and don't let him talk you out of your faith, but keep the faith, keep trusting the Lord. We must never think our problem is bigger than our God. God is always bigger than our problem. God gave us four assurances. The first one, He's the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He sees, He knows everything that's happening in the earth as well as in your life. The second assurance He gave us is He never faints or becomes weary while He's overseeing the earth or watching over His people. God's always there with a watchful eye. The third assurance God gave us is that God has promised to strengthen both the weary and the weak. We get there. We're there sometimes. But God promised that He would strengthen us. And the fourth assurance is God's promise. He will renew the strength of all who are willing to wait on the Lord and trust Him. God is in control if you'll give it to Him. God will help you. God will take care of you. God will minister to you. 